In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 verse 8. While we were weak, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Three times, and in very short order, St. Paul clearly exposes our helplessness, even our hostility to God. Not only are we weak and sinful, but we were enemies of God. And yet God, in his love, died for us. The scriptures could not be any more clear that our salvation is God's work alone, without any help from us. In fact, God had to work against our hostility to save us. While we were still weak, while we were still sinners, while we were enemies, Christ died for us, justified us, set us right with God, declared us righteous, not by our works, not by our will, not by our intentions or our motivations, not because we were good, but by his blood. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. And what did you do to deserve this? It wasn't because you were strong or because you were righteous or because you were his friend. No, on the contrary, you were weak and God loved you. You were a sinner and Christ died for you. You were his enemy, yet God saved you. It does seem odd, backwards, to us that God would die for his enemies, that he would delight to give his life to sinners. Wouldn't God want to show his love for those who are being good? Wouldn't he desire to draw near to those who he considered his friends, who talked as if they knew him so well, who enjoyed his presence all the day long? Wouldn't God want to first shower his love upon those who love him? One will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die. But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Martin Luther said it this way, The love of God does not find those who are pleasing to him, but creates that which is pleasing to him. It's not like the love of man, which comes into being through that which is pleasing to it. In other words, it's like this. God's love is very different than the love of mankind. The love of man finds the thing that pleases him or her. And so we go about our days searching for the thing that brings us joy, pleasure, happiness, and we love that thing whatever it may be, a boat and some fishing poles, 
a gun in a turkey blind, or a vase full of flowers in the feel of the cool dew of the morning grass under your feet, a good laugh on your phones, or the stillness of a quiet morning, the smile that flashes across your child's face, these are the things that man loves because they give us joy, pleasure. It's second nature to us. No one loves the thing that brings them misery. We love what gives to us joy, but God's love is different. God goes about his day searching for the thing that has displeasured him, abandoned him, that has brought death, destruction, and wrath upon their life and very relationship with him. And when he finds them, he does not look for something in them to bring him joy. Rather, he creates in them that which pleases him. He gives to them his perfect love to the weak, to the sinner, his very enemy. This is the love of God. It's not about what he receives from you. It's about what he has to give to you. His love is a total gift. There's a hundred sheep in a field, good, faithful, obedient sheep. These are the sheep that are easy to love, easy to be around. They bring joy because they're a pleasure to be near. These are the kinds of people that we enjoy being around. We we invite them over to our homes. We shower them with food and with praise. We delight to call them our friends. But one day, one of them leaves the fold, a bad apple, a sheep who's bent on death and destruction. She goes off to her own wayward ways and falls into every devilish trap. Now, No one would leave 99 good and faithful righteous sheep to go after the one who's weak and destructive and foolish. Leave her to the wolves, I'd say. She's doomed herself anyways. Because we find it easier to love 99 who are good rather than one who is bad. Why is it that man finds it easier to love 99 people who are good and pleasing that's easier than trying to love one who's foolish. But it is not so with our Lord. His love is different than our love. The love of God is not based upon the sheep. Whether the sheep is pleasing to him or not matters nothing to him. She's his sheep, created by him, And so he gladly leaves the 99 good and faithful sheep, and he runs after the weak one, the sinful one, even the enemy of his very flock, to find her, to create in her that which is pleasing to him. And he loves to do so. God loves to find those who cannot do it on their own, who are sinful people, who cannot by their own reason or strength free themselves from their sinful condition. This is the love of God, an unconditional, sacrificial, everlasting, 
rock-solid love that lies outside of your intentions, outside of your motivations, outside of your actions, even your heart, and it's solely placed in the heart of God, the perfect heart of our Lord. God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He laid down his life for you, spilled his precious blood for you, lifted up upon a mountain, hanging on the front of an old wooden cross, so that he could find his wayward sheep, his weak, helpless, sinful enemy, whom he loves with all his soul. He reconciled you on that day, the day we call Good Friday. And if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, how much more now that we have been reconciled shall we be saved by his life? The death of Jesus saved you. Past tense. We were reconciled to God by his death. It's been done. You have been declared forgiven, reconciled, made right, not by anything that you did, not because of your goodness or your faithfulness or your strength. For while you were his enemy, weak and full of sin, he reconciled you by his death, and even more by his life, you shall be saved, future tense. Now that we have been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Again, not because of your life, not because your life stays in the fold or because your life is good, but because of his life, because he loves to find you and create in you his love. Dear saints at Trinity, You are deeply loved by God. Not because you please him, but solely because of the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, in whom you have been baptized and in whom you believe. The love of God made manifest in him, crucified and risen from the dead. He loves you beyond measure. Not in the way that a child who finds a toy, can't stop playing with it for the joy that it brings him. But like the one who sees a rusty tin can lying on a junk heap, and a gracious, loving Lord comes along, pokes his stick through it, picks it up, and takes it home. Our Lord is the God who sees treasure in jars of clay, so that his love would be clearly shown and revealed to the whole world, and that the surpassing power of his grace doesn't belong to you, but to him. And he loves to give that grace, his very love, to you. Weak, sinful, former enemy of God. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare to die. But God shows his love for you 
and that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.